Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is fucking killing me. I'm Corinne. And I'm Rainy. Happy Tuesday. Happy pod day. Wow. <laughs> Are we doing office takes now? <laughs> Just to the camera. <laughs> Am I Jim? Would Jim? you be Jim? In the office? Yeah. I guess maybe. I guess maybe in personality wise, but like I'd love to say that I'd be like Kevin or like, <laughs> or like, you know, Dwight because they're like such iconic characters. Right, but right. I think in terms of personality, like he's and mental stability. He's definitely like the most normal, quote unquote normal. Yeah. I mean, let's, is he normal though? He's still like doing crazy pranks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I guess I'd probably be Jim. What about you? You're also, you're also tall. So Jim is tall. You know, and <laughs> what we've learned about height is it is a clear personality trait. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is like something outside people have to say. So like, who do you think I would be on The Office? Ooh. Who do I think personally? Yeah. Maybe like Mindy Kaling's <laughs> character. Boy crazy. No, I didn't mean it in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, for some reason that one came to mind. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. I'd say Mindy Kaling's character, Kelly. Right. Or maybe Pam. Right. Pam, probably. I feel like I'm a little bit more outspoken than Pam, though. She's pretty, like, soft and, like, keeps to herself in the beginning, right? Like, she's, like... Yeah, Pam, later of... seasons. Later seasons, Pam. Like, when Pam, like, gets in that, like, standoff with Gabe. Yes. About, like, her getting a promotion. <laughs> right. That and is she's me. just, like... No, make a clear statement or tell me I'm wrong. Like when she has those like wonderful <laughs> moments or when she like throws up in the bin when like Dwight brings raw eggs when she's pregnant. Yeah. I feel like you're, you've got some Pam energy too. <laughs> okay. I'll take that. Yeah. What about uh, you for me? Uh, <laughs> I think I, my guess was Jim. My first instinct was Jim. And then I just wanted to say Gabe just to be funny. <laughs> Just because, again, being tall is a personality trait. Yes. Those are the, oh, actually, no. Who is um, the guy that's, oh, I went to, uh, frick. He, ah, shit. Do, 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 do. He always sings. Was in an acapella group. Andy? Andy. <laughs> because he's, like, this, like, crazy over-the-top, like, I'm always going to be happy-go-lucky. My emotions are big. I'm singing all the time. I'm playing music all the time. <laughs> yeah, I understand it from that standpoint. Yeah. I heard a really funny thing about The Office the other day. And listen, let us know, listeners, what your thoughts are. But one of my friends said, <laughs> I was brought up The Office. And he was like, man, Office is such white people shit. <laughs> and I was like, ah. He's like, no, no, no. It's like, it's an awesome show, but like, bring it up in any room. I bet you, like, he'd be sitting at a bar next to a bunch of white people, and you'd just be like, The Office, right? And they'd be like, oh! <laughs> so true. And now I can't, like, unsee it. <laughs> yeah. I, yep, I agree. <laughs> um, we hope everybody's having a great week. We are doing a little bit of a shakeup this week. Yeah. If you didn't notice by the title of the episode, yes. it's our 150th episode damn that's both crazy crazy in the sense of like to do something 150 times i think is a, obviously is a lot 
But then also I think about when we started the podcast, we didn't really like discuss like what was going to happen. No. We not. also didn't know how to like speak. <laughs> yeah, those first episodes are rough. <laughs> yeah. Listen, don't go listen to them. <laughs> they're there because there's some great interviews with some cool people, but like you don't have to listen to them. <laughs> yeah, you can just go right into season two if you need to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I like when I was thinking about it the other day, I we didn't like discuss like how many episodes are we going to do? Like, how long is this going to run? Like, right. what happens if we, like, want to part ways? Like, we didn't talk about anything, and we just kind of started doing it. Right. And here we are. Yeah. With, like, probably 200 to 250 hours of our voices with amazing guests. Yeah. Online for anybody to listen to. Totally. Totally. And it's also, like, the opportunity that comes with it that yes. we didn't expect. Totally. And the opportunities that, like, can like possibility I think we talked about this when we interviewed actually Michaela um, Buchiscali about like the possibilities of like future projects that you don't even have like any that you couldn't have even dreamed of Mm -hmm. and like I think those are still like on things that we're still talking about are on the table right now Mm -hmm. so uh, I mean like and like let's just start with the main one like at no point did we think oh we're gonna do a partnership with like Luminato totally or you know all these things or yeah so I think, like, it's just, like, because of the podcast and how it started, it was never started, like, we're going to do all these amazing things. Right. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was started as, like, a very, like, this is what we need right now. This is what we feel there's, like, a hole in the community with. Yeah. Um, and before we, like, get into that story, we should say a big thank you to every single guest that's been on. Yeah. Because they come on, they give us their time and their opinions and their thoughts just, like, unabashedly, you know? Yeah. They just share with, they just share themselves with us which is a big privilege. And I think we've had some amazing people on mm-hmm. that I would have never had the like guts to approach on my own and ask to sit down with and have coffee with. Right. You know, so this platform has like given us a really amazing opportunity to meet cool, amazing people across any genre of art. Totally. Yeah. Which we weren't like, I don't know if I would have done that at all. Like I wouldn't have just called up a random actress or actor or like visual artist. Totally. You know, I'm like, Hey, you want to like have coffee? No, 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 no. This like gives you opportunity to sit down and talk to people about stuff where, yeah, sometimes there's weird politics involved and like totally. I want to go for coffee. So I agree. Um, but then we also have to thank every single listener that we've had. Yes. Because I don't think the podcast would be, the podcast would not be here without listeners. Exactly. Yeah. Also OG listeners that have been there since the beginning. Yeah. New listeners that like find it. Through guests. And then reach out to us on social media and be like, hey, I just found your pod. I'm so excited. Yeah. That means so much to us. Yeah. I will, like, my, stuff that means the most to me, and I mean, every listener is obviously amazing, but I just, like, and because of where, the, and again, we'll talk about this in a bit, but because of where the podcast started, it really means a lot to me when I, when younger people that are in, like, programs, mm like university programs r- reach out to me or like stop me when we're at a show or like doing something or teaching. And they're like, Oh my gosh, you guys do the podcast. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, it like warms my heart a little bit mm-hmm. just because I remember being like so lost in those situations. And like, this would have been something that I would have just like grasped onto. Totally. You know, like just because of the information. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I think it also like pulls down walls of like this like oh they're older they're already like doing things they're already like out of school like kind of like breaks down that wall of uh 
hierarchy maybe yeah. or like like that we aren't just regular people because we are regular people that struggle every day and like mm-hmm. have gripes with our careers and like have moment big large moments of doubt you know of course mm-hmm. and the same thing with the guests like it, it brings these like individuals who we like might be putting on platforms because we've had some like amazing guests who have very large followings or have very large or very popular or very well established in their careers like 30 years in right yeah and it it gives a chance to like humanize them and allow them to like speak their truth and how their experiences were mm-hmm. so that we don't have these pedestals to put people on especially totally. when our community is so small totally but feel so divided by like either uh age or genre or you know yeah whatever it may be yeah yeah it's small little clicks <laughs> exactly um do you want to start the story rainy of what happened why the podcast came to be yeah so we have two answers to this <laughs> The long one, a long one and a short one. The long one and the short one. And the, we, so we call it the funny one <laughs> and the truth one. Because we get a lot of questions like, hey, why did the, why, oh, well, how did this start? Or what was, what was the reasoning behind the podcast? Right. And if I'm feeling really just tired and like lethargic the day, or if I'm feeling a little like silly and high or drunk or whatever <laughs> it may be, um, when people ask, oh, um, how did the podcast get started? And I say depression mostly <laughs> or why did the podcast get started and I say depression mostly um but I, I guess the, yeah the long answer of it is you know Corinne and I came we didn't go to school here yeah like we didn't go to university here we we went, both to, went to Calgary both went to University of Calgary and when you try and establish yourself as an artist in a new community it's without a career or without a, like an established career, like already. And because we were, you know, 23, 22, it was so hard for us to come here as dancers and like work in the same way that we had been working yeah. in, out West. Yeah. I had gone from like working pretty consistently out West as a dancer to coming here and like not having any prospects, any contracts, any mm-hmm. people that wanted to work with me. And I, I don't know if you felt the same way. I don't want to speak for you, but I think from the conversations we had, yeah. you felt the same way. Besides the, like, I will say, like, besides the, like, really reaffirming, like, s- situation that I had with my first ever audition in the city, mm-hmm. I did feel the same. Yeah. Like, it just, like, confirmed to me. So the first audition I ever went to was, like, a dance call for, like, an ensemble for, like, a really indie musical. And I, like, got it. And I was like, oh, this is where I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm. Like, this affirms to me that I do not belong in Calgary. Right. You know? Yeah. But then since then, I was like, you know? <laughs> but then since then, I, like, you know, I've worked off and on, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And, um. And, like, we both worked. Like, we're not saying we've never worked in this city. Right. But at the time. At the time. Yeah. At the time, it was, like, a real, a real challenge to, like, establish uh, a name for yourself and establish a community. And it took a long time. Yeah, it took like, like over a year. Yeah, I would say yeah, about yeah about that, and it was it was hard. It was like waking up every day and just being like, I have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and at that point, you're just doing your Joe job. So I think at that point, we were both just serving. Yeah, I wasn't even teaching because again, like nobody yeah knew nobody trusts the experience that you have on your resume because they don't recognize anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. 
yeah, I was waking up every day and just like having nowhere to go and nowhere to be and struggling um, and just like rolling into GMD and the garage. But it felt very clicky at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, the garage didn't as much, but it was definitely something that like helped me like expand my group immediately of dancers yeah. and note people. Um, but it felt, you know, still a little bit clicky in the sense. So when you wake up every day and don't really feel like you have anywhere to go, you start to like question (laughs) everything. Everything. Where should I be? Is this the right place? Am I just, how am I helping society or how am I doing what I want to be doing? Um, and that's kind of how the name of the podcast came up, I guess. Yeah. I feel like I was in New York and I was I was noticing a lot of like humble bragging from people too talking. You were visiting Ginger? I was visiting Ginger, but like it was something that I'd been noticing here and then going to New York, I'd also noticed like, oh, these aren't just solely Canadian problems. These are also problems that are happening in communities all over the place. And people saying things like, oh, you know, like, oh, what are you doing next? Oh, this and this and this and this and this. And then I'm doing this contract, but I'm kind of working with this person, but like, who knows? And then you're just like, they're like, what are you doing? And you're like, Nothing like, I, but then you also question. You're like, are you getting paid for any of the work that you're doing? Yes. Are you getting paid? Are you feeling satisfied by the work are you doing? Yes. Like, are you just doing it because you're hungry right now? Yeah. You totally. know. And and uh, <laughs> Rainy and I were working at the same restaurant because the first thing I asked her when she moved to the city, she moved slightly after me. I was like, do you need a job? Yeah. And she did her job. <laughs> and so we were working at the same bar and it was like a gloomy winter kind of day. It was like November or like right. October. And we were meeting up for coffee and she's like, I want to start a podcast and I only know what I want the name to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think at this point we had done... We had we we had filmed the first. I think we had filmed Letter Out by this time. No, Blade and Silk. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we had filmed some Blade and Silk at this point. Yes, with um, Roxanne. Roxanne, yeah, yeah. I think, but right, maybe because it was like the project we were working on together, and all of a sudden both of us had nothing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I was like, I only know the name. <laughs> But I don't want to interview just, and I think I remember you going, I don't want to interview just dancers because that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> I was like that. It's Limits. the same reason I would never want to live with dancers. Like I just like, <laughs> I would get so caught in my own brain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. The conversations would be the same all the time. Yeah. Exactly. And no one other than dancers would understand them because it would be so much like inside speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which happens sometimes when we have dancers on. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, and I, I just said different ages and different points of their career is what I wanted. Those were like, I want them. And the inspiration really came from, I'm like such a pop culture junkie. Like I, I watch like weird, like I will watch old late night TV show interviews with like (laughs) actors or actresses or whatever. And like Jimmy Fallon, Seth Meyers, like Conan, like those are like how I like will relax is watching like just interviews. I'll get like obsessed with an actress or an actor and like watch everything, every interview they've ever done. (laughs) And it was, like, very interesting to me that they would always be, like, oh, like, so, like, always the success story. Oh, and then I, like, wasn't working for a while. I was, like, an Uber Eats driver. And then, like, I got this edition, and it was amazing. And now I'm here. And now I'm Chris Pratt. Or, like, you know. (laughs) Um, And I was, as interesting and as, like, heartwarming those stories are, they're unfortunately not realistic. They're the 1% of. They are the 1%. Of artists' careers. Exactly. Yes. And 
that was what was intriguing to me. It was like, what, what if somebody asked these actors or actresses or artists the questions of like, of like sad, like sadder questions, <laughs> not sadder questions, but like deeper questions, deeper questions and questions that weren't just talking about like something that like, you know, we all want to hear, you know, the yeah. easy to listen to questions. Totally. And not the like, because those people are on those shows to like always promote something. Totally, yeah. Right? So they're like doing a promo run when they do all of those interviews. Mm-hmm. And so like that's their talking points. They mm-hmm. show up with like an agenda. Right. And it was really important for us like, I mean, we have an agenda on the pod, but like to not show up and let let people or not show up and just promote something. Yeah. Right? Like we've had people ask to be on and be like, I have a show coming up. Can I come on and promote something? We're like, No. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what we're about. You but can plug like your clear. show in the last 30 seconds. Totally. But we're not talking about the show that you're doing. No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, occasionally, like, when we do part- when we did partnerships, we would be able to, like, give that platform more energy, like, for promotion. Yes. Yeah. But um, in, like, I think in, like, the heart of the podcast, it's, it's not that promotion. Yeah. It's not that self-promotion. Yeah. We really try to, like... And obviously we're talking about someone's art, so, like, they are, promo- like, promoting their art at the same time. But, like, it's really about, like, why you're doing what you're doing and what things have you encountered that you didn't think you would encounter. Totally. And, like, what have you struggled with in those moments? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we've had, like, these, you know, we've been able to go down, like, so many interesting rabbit holes. And I think we talked about this a little bit in last week's interview mm-hmm. about, like, how we've been really touching on, like, sobriety a lot lately. Totally. And your own sobriety and... um that's like never that was like again never something at the forefront of my brain when I thought about when we like were going to do the podcast or when I had the idea for the podcast name totally um we've also talked a lot about like depression or a lot about like the people asking the what's the next step question and how like Mm -hmm. that will spiral you or when do you know when it's the end when do you know when you're it's time to make a shift yeah yeah Totally. Marketing perspectives from it. Yeah. Which is like really interesting because we don't obviously have that experience at all. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story of the, how the pod got started and like what we, and where we started, like the roots of why we started it. Yes. And I, I feel like the need to say kind of like at, at the beginning of each interview, you guys don't hear it, but we go through like a whole talk through yes. with every single guest. Yeah. Pre-show. Pre-show, um, pre-interview. And we don't like pre-ask them the questions and we don't send them questions before. That's like very important to us. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important for you all to know like what those behind the scenes conversations are. Mm. Yeah. Because I think some like very wonderful things are said in those pre-interviews that like really established the pod for the for the guest and then also for for you all listening but we kind of say that we want the conversation to be <laughs> still how are we 150 episodes in and i have not found a better word to describe this because it's how else do you say it i know Ugh, it's how just like it's the research off- it's like the research academic in me that gets mad about it you know <laughs> it's not like any anyway because what's authentic because what's authentic what what do you mean it's authentic um so we want the conversation to feel like as authentic as possible so we don't want answers to be rehearsed yeah we don't want people to come in and just like preach about something that they've preached about in a book or talked about in a book and have thought about we like the idea of like not knowing 
what totally. the conversation is going to be like having drinks with a colleague after rehearsal, going out for coffee with someone. Mm -hmm. That's what we want it to feel like. There's so much space. And like, we know every, so many people have podcasts. There's so much media out there. There's so much space for these like Ted talk, like podcasts. Totally. And these produced. Like, well over produced, eloquent things like Brene Brown beautiful every single news podcast you listen to totally it's yes. so well said it's really thought it's fucking journalism yes we're not journalists no and what i think is beautiful about our show and what is like the root of the show is that it's not about the like exactly knowing what to say it's mm -hmm. about saying something like having a strong opinion about something and then being like oh actually you know no, I take that back. This is what I meant by that. Or this is what I think by that. Mm -hmm. And being able to change your mind and change your answer and having those awkward moments because it's a discussion and there's awkward moments in life and there's awkward moments in conversations with your peers and with your friends. And that's, that's what's really beautiful to me about podcast media right now and specifically about our show. Yeah. It's not saying something beautifully. And though sometimes I hear the words and I'm like, oh, that was just like a book written in one sentence. Oh, yeah. But I mean, we've had guests who can just have such wonderful brains and can do that. Yeah. But it's the awkward moments and it's the pauses and it's the stops and it's the change of decisions and the change of opinions that are really nice to me. Mm -hmm. And it's like also interesting when we don't necessarily agree mm -hmm. or like one of us have a different opinion than our guests. You know, those kind of discussions are really awesome to have too because I don't think I, maybe now that I'm 30... <laughs> would be able to do that in like a casual setting with someone mm -hmm. but like when we started the podcast no no right yeah and we also started this podcast in 2018 2017 i think we started working on it at the end of 2017 and then we just really started releasing 2018 right and so like i don't know if you guys have ago. been keeping your ear to the ground <laughs> lately but there's been some things that have happened in the world <laughs> <laughs> I've just been walking around lately and there's been a lot of crazy headlines. Um, so, you know, it kind of has given us space to have these opinions that, again, we never thought that we were going to have in 2018. If I knew that I was going, we were going to be doing a show through Zoom for a year and a half, <laughs> I might have thought differently. Totally. But also I might not have been able to, you know, talk to people like you know, Michaela or, you know, any yeah. of those people in New York or LA, you know, it's really given us, it's just interesting to see through the shifts and the changes that the world has done as well as how the podcast has had to form with totally that. and the discussions, how they've changed. Yeah. What's, um, we're also going to ask each other a couple of questions. Let, what has surprised you the most about the podcast? Mm, what surprised me the most? Yeah. Like, what did you not expect? I think, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, it, just the things that are available now mm -hmm. because of the podcast. Yeah. And also the community that it created. Like, yeah. it created such, it, it created this, like, community of artists who have been able to, like, now work together in, like, such an interdis interdisciplinary form. Totally. And that was, like, never, it was never the point to have, like, it was sorry. It was never the initial goal to like create this community of artists that we can now do like talks with and like have discussions and have a painter who believes this have a conversation. 
the mm. same conversation with like a director that believes a different way. Yeah. Um, so just, I think it's like the community that it would created. Mm. What about you? Mm. I think what surprised me the most is that how like our friendship has changed mm. because if we went to the same school, but we were in different years mm-hmm. and we weren't really friends in our side or outside of school. Right. So just like, and we became friends in Toronto, but I also like this experience of working together has like the way that we've communicated with each other has changed. The way that we like trust each other has grown, like mm-hmm. all of those things, which is like scary when you start to work with friends Yeah. or like, you know, live with friends or like do anything with friends for a long period of time. Yeah. You're like, is this going to make me hate this person? <laughs> yes. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> you can say it. But yeah. But you know what I, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So our friendship has changed a lot. Totally. Yeah. And we're like 150 episodes in and clearly hate each other. So yeah. So <laughs> sip tea. <laughs> Coffee actually. Coffee. <laughs> to the camera. <laughs> um, yeah. It is. And also because it like when you work together, it like, it's kind of funny because we work together once a week or twice a week. And then totally. we also hang out on top mm-hmm. of that. So it's this, like, we have this commitment that we have to see each other once a week, which is like, sorry, have to see each other. is like such a stupid way to say it, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's yes. easy, especially during the pandemic to like lose touch with people and not see them because you haven't seen them in a week. And then, you know, things fade out. Yeah. But because of the podcast, we kind of have this like set okay, we have to record on this day, which means we have to release on this day, which means we have to have this communication through this day. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Totally. And I think something else that's interesting that's also surprising is like, for me, is like how easy the friendship has become because the work is different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like work time is work time. Right. But then we can also like set that aside and be friends. Totally. Like we'll stop, we'll hit stop record on this and then we'll be like, fuck, did you hear what my fucking boyfriend said? <laughs> or like, you know, like something yeah. completely, that's has completely off topic to what we were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite, um, it's so hard to say favorite guest because I'm so, I get so caught in the ones that we've just had this season. Yeah. Do you have a favorite topic about that we've touched on? Oh, um, I mean, I like talking about anything that has to do with women's issues Mm -hmm. because it's like something that I think about all the time. Yeah. Um, So like when we had Rachel Cairns on and we talked about women's access to healthcare and and abortion and stuff like that, I was Mm -hmm. like, this is like what I live to talk about. Like, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I've also really enjoyed the conversations we've had this season around sobriety because it's also something that I think, especially through the pandemic, when there has like your access to going out has changed. So you notice how you're drinking or at home has changed mm-hmm. has been something on my mind. And mm-hmm. so the conversations around sobriety and like using like everything in moderation as a term is like has been really interesting to me. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, gal pals, anytime because we're women's issues. We're like, we're both wearing light colored jeans, white sneakers, yeah. and all pink. Also like, hate to break it to you, we're both women's. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, even this, the episode that I don't think this is being released before, but the recent episode we had um, coming up, or we have coming up with... 
Hannah, Hannah. Yes. is super, like a super beautiful episode where we talk about women and aging and, um, yeah. and yeah, that's like such a nice episode. Mm-hmm. Being able to, being allowed to age, you know, where yeah. you just like are an actress and then all of a sudden you're not an actress until you're old enough to play someone's grandma. <laughs> Emmy Rosen. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Holland's mom. Oof. That's crazy. Sorry. <laughs> Super off topic. <laughs> it's okay. Um, what do you think? Okay. If you had to pick like the next party we have, mm. what do you want to do for the next party? Okay, so that's hard because I, I thought our last one was so fun. Yeah, it was fun. And I just don't want to recreate it, but I kind of also just want to. Um, it was so <laughs> Toronto indie artist. It was, it was in a small, if you were there, you know. Yeah. It was like in a tiny, like, garage. And what I mean by garage, I mean like in someone's backyard, like, roll-up door, yeah. two-car garage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Steam Whistle sponsored it. We had a bunch of, like, local... Because we all work for, like... We all have Joe Jobs, blah, 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 blah. So we had, like, local restaurants sponsor it. Like, gift cards. Yeah. Uh, spin like class studios. Yeah. Studios. People donate stuff. So we held a raffle. Um, we had, like, two of our really good friends play at it. Mm-hmm. Musicians. Um, and then we had... We cold called a couple. And they played a little set for us yeah which was like super cool yeah um and we also did like a dance film call where we like had a third like was it 20 minutes 30 Mm -hmm. minutes of like short dance films that we projected onto the wall and then we had a longer version where everybody that submitted they just like rolled as like moving art in the back Mm -hmm. um which was cool um which was also i think about that and i was like oh yeah but you had to have an ultra short throw projector that could that had to sit like one foot against the wall because the smallest space was so small. Yes, and yeah. we had decorated it so funny too. There was Christmas lights everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> everything was pink. Obviously. Everything was pink, obviously. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, what would I change? I think I would love to have like, if we had like a bigger budget, obviously a bigger space. Mm-hmm. Um live music again for sure Mm -hmm. maybe some sort of live art happening like painting Mm -hmm. or totally something interactive like immersive Mm -hmm. yeah i think i would like to do like a you know how there's like white parties it becomes like a yearly thing oh yeah yeah where everybody wears white i want to do like pink party oh yeah that'd be be in springtime yeah and it'd be like everybody has to wear pink Mm -hmm. for it and um yeah, and, like, similar thoughts to you, but I want it to just be, like, a yearly pink party, and, like, I want proceeds to go to, like, a different women's foundations every time. That's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You could call it, like, P-Y-N-K or something like that. P-Y-N-K. Pink. <laughs> <laughs> like a pink party. Yeah, you know? that's cute. Yeah, I also really, like, because obviously, like, we've been having fundraisers, like, our parties have been run fundraisers for the podcast. Yeah. And so I love that idea of like it going somewhere, the money going somewhere else. Yeah. Like as long as our costs are covered, mm-hmm. all of extra proceeds like go to a foundation of some sort or yeah. maybe an arts community or like a foundation for like women in the arts or, yeah, you know, something like that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think parties are really on my mind for this summer, spring. <laughs> so I mean, I think this is going to be a wild summer. 
Oh, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> if St. Patrick's Day had eh, is any indication of... <laughs> Everybody in the fucking city was out, and it was... Bitch, you drank a vodka Red Bull all day? More than one. <laughs> you, we did Jager bombs at one point. <laughs> Well, we were at a shitty dive bar and there was no coffee. No, no, no. I wasn't blaming you. I was just like, if we have like anything to say that 2022 is going to be bananas, it's that the re- the reemergence of the espresso martini and the vodka Red Bull. Well, you know what? I I was like, uh, I have to be 21, I guess, because there's no espresso martinis here. Yes. <laughs> totally. Uh, do you, is there anything, any topics or like, subject matter that you think that we should be touch or that you'd like to touch on hmm <clears throat> that we haven't yeah at all not at all but is there something that you like been like i'd like to eventually touch on on this thing hmm you know what we've always talked about but never had on hmm. is someone from a funding body yeah you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah like a grant sh- person yeah because we yeah. shit on them all the time <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to like. You saying we're not making it inviting for them to come <laughs> hang out with us? Probably not. Uh, okay. But I would. Lo- we always talk about like the lack of funding, and how hard it is to make money, and how art- hard it is to get your projects funded. And obviously, people do it. But I want. I would love to know how we do it better. And like, I wonder if we had to sit down with someone from the from a funding body. Like, obviously, they're restricted in how money they have, how the grants are. Mm-hmm. Like, so I want to know, like, if they also feel the same. Like, what mm-hmm. could we be doing differently or what could we do, be doing more of mm-hmm. to give artists more money? Totally. You know, and like... And not the same artists' money. My God, yes. Toronto. That's something I... Even, like, as we come out of this fucking pandemic and projects and, like, opportunities are more and more and more, I've noticed the same fucking people getting the same things. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Why am I applying to anything? Totally. Um, anyways, that's besides the point. Yeah. Uh, but I would love to know, like, from their perspective, what else could be changing? What could be different? What could we be doing more of? How could we be supporting people more? And I think when we talked, we talked about this, remember when the National Ballet was, like, all in a huff because they didn't get 2% of their operating budget from, yeah. from Canada Council? And yeah. it was a million dollars. Right, yeah, yeah oh no, 2% of your budget, which I mean, maybe it like was felt big to them, but I was like a million dollars in the emerging arts community, in the like mid career arts community for small independent companies would go so much farther. Everybody's projects would be funded. Everybody's projects would be funded. People, it would go so much farther. And I think it would have a way bigger community impact than the fucking national ballet. Yeah. I'm sorry. I drove by it the other day when Sleeping Beauty was having a matinee and I was like, old white people. Yes. And it's, it's literally just like so Hunger Gamesy. <laughs> just like. It stressed up. It's, it's the glass. Like a four True. seasons. What enters, a building. Right? Like it's so Hunger Gamesy. <laughs> Man. But like. That's... Also like not to be like, listen, there's a time and place for going to the ballet and bless those dancers who are literally putting in the work and all those students that are in those programs. But. That's like, it's much more interesting to go to indie projects. Yes. And like, think about all, like all of, when I think about also funding for 
like small companies, you know what they're concerned about? They're concerned about getting their venue paid, their actors paid, like their people paid, mm -hmm. and to just break even. Mm -hmm. What if you could offer them a marketing budget? Mm -hmm. Like think about how many more people that they could reach and how many more like community members they could bring in and introduce new art to new people. And like, we've talked about this over and over again. I was like, art changes people's lives. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't think the ballet changes people's, I mean, maybe, but you know. Maybe it's like a young kid seeing dance for the first time and wanting to dance, but like, right. That's not really, that's only like, but that's all smoke and mirrors. Yes. And it's also only an experience for a very elite group of young people. Yes. It's not going into communities nope. in the way that like art should be. No. You know, think about how many more community groups you could And to be honest money with you, with. how many more kids is it affecting who are going to those ballet programs and are leaving scarred? Yeah. Eating disorders, body dysmorphia. Yeah. Assault, blah, 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 blah. We could go on forever. Yeah. And we have. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Um, Do you have another question or two? Do I have another question or two? Do you? Um, I feel like I had some written out or in thought in my head and now I don't. Is being an artist fucking killing you? Oh, we're just jumping right into that. I thought we were going to end with that one. Okay, okay, okay. I'll think about a different one. Um, <laughs> okay. What are you doing next? <laughs> just kidding. I just threw up in my coffee. <laughs> what am I doing next? Um, oh, uh, what... This is going to be a big question. But, like, what has changed for you over the last two years when you think about your own artistic practice? Wow. And I say two years because the pandemic. Yeah. I well, what the pandemic did, which I think that I am thankful for, but it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like ever since university have been like, or ever since ever, I guess, have been like very hungry mm -hmm. to like just work and dance and move. And I was like a massive overscheduler, mm -hmm. like massively would just say yes to everything, which was great. Ken, which like my, sorry, what are you saying? But can confirm that Rainy would come from teaching to record, to go home, to work on something like, yeah, just like seven things a day. Yeah. Seven things a day for sure. Um, and which was, you know, which I, my advice to literally anybody leaving a program or like coming out of it is just to say, say yes to every single contract because then you learn which ones you don't want to do mm. and you can eventually make those educated decisions. But if you, and, but if you don't, like you don't even know the people that you're going to walk into a room with on some contracts and meet. Totally. So that's and what those like, people could change your life and those people could change your life. Exactly. And those are the connections that you're trying to make. So as like, as much as we preach about like, you know, don't boundaries say, boundaries don't say yes to everything when you're that like when you're coming out of, and you're trying to get into the industry and you just want to be seen say yes to everything because yeah. that's that's how you make connections and that's how you get to know people and that's how you get future contracts and future things but that being said <laughs> i it, you know the early stages like right before the pandemic happened i was like very hungry and very overworked um and really stressed about like my future as a career, as an artist. Mm -hmm. And I think the pandemic, because it made me like forced to stop, I care a little bit less 
about all of that. Yeah. Um, and listen, some of you may be like, that's not a good thing. You should change careers. <laughs> but I've also like been working as a dancer since I was 10 years old. Yeah. You know, like I've been doing this for 20 years. Almost. Yes. And like, I, you know, it's, it's okay to yeah. like, maybe not have this be my like soul have dance be like my sole personality trait, you know? And that's always something I was like worried about because people are so much more than like the their thing they talent do. and the thing that they do, you know, like I am also like a good friend or like a good daughter or a good sister or, you know, whatever it may be. But, um, I think that the pandemic has like forced me to stop and not just be like, I am dancer rainy. Yeah. It's like, totally. I am, teacher I am person I am human being with flaws I am all of these things and yeah. allowed me to explore things that I'm interested in mm -hmm. you know yeah. um so I guess that's kind of how my artistic practice has changed in the past two years and also because you know this industry is fucked yeah this is a fucked up job that we do mm -hmm. it's super fucked up and it's super like it can be super unreliable and unfulfilling and dance puppet dance. Yeah. And like being there's I was talking about it this morning to a friend and I was like, there is like really nothing like walk, like walking into a space in the morning with like a huge group of dancers and taking class and then going into rehearsals like that feeling. Yeah. Is so amazing. Mm -hmm. And it like is so high, high. Yeah. But then there's so much low, low. And that's, that is like really hard mm -hmm. and it's hard going from like the ups and downs, you know, yeah. and sometimes finding something to like plateau yourself is, is just, is okay. Totally. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'd love not to be emotional all the time. Oh God. I'd love to just like have, I'd also love to have a job that I could leave and leave it, mm -hmm. you know, that I find is like my career that also pays all my bills, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really want to work a nine to five, but I hear that's where it is. I hear that you can do one. I feel you have, I hear you have a very fulfilling life when you don't work a nine to, or when you work a nine to five. I hear that you're allowed to have hobbies and stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How, how do, sorry. <laughs> how has the podcast morphed your artistic, like your artistic beliefs? Well, I th the first thing that comes to mind is my idea of contemporary dance being the end-all and be-all. Yes. <laughs> that is a preach that just, like, let's stop doing that to people, please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, because we came out of a contemporary dance program, and I fully, like, oh, is there a fly in here? Gross. Um, I fully was, like, movement for movement's sake it doesn't have to have narrative it doesn't have to have me meaning the movement has meaning on its own blah 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 you know creating really like abstract non-narrative work that was like I thought was great you know but listening to so many other people talk about what uh, what about art inspires them story meaning connection nostalgia like all these other things has totally shaped the way that I think about what is good and you know good is subjective blah 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 
but it's changed a lot of in that way how I think about making good art Mm -hmm. and like we've talked about it before it's like why would I want to make art that no one connects to but me or the people in it Mm -hmm. and why would I want to make something nobody sees Mm -hmm. and I don't need to make things that are make that a million thousand hundred billion people see Mm-hmm. But I would like people to see the things that I make and enjoy them. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. That's all. Also, like, it's fine if you want people... Like, entertainment industry. Yeah. You can't say, dance, puppet, dance, but also, dance, puppet, be self-indulgent. You, can't, <laughs> you know? Like, it doesn't yeah. work that way. Yeah. So I think that's what's changed best for me. And that's probably just, like... It's also probably because we've been doing this for five years and we've grown up a lot through it. Mm-hmm. And like when we started, we were kind of just out of school, like a year or two out of school with not a lot of working experience. So it's probably also that. But it's also listening to other people talk about art, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like feelings about it, which is interesting because it's nice to talk about art also and not really because we we do have like sometimes we have people on and the conversations are like very high level art Mm -hmm. which is like lovely and I love that sometimes but also we just have very like casual Mm -hmm. conversations which I fucking love because I think there's a time and place for both and I think both are important yeah yeah Mm -hmm. does that answer your question yes great yeah do you think because of our mutual experiences in Calgary Mm. do you think that we trauma bonded together Mm, interesting question. I would say that, like, our, like, I don't want to, like, quote, unquote, I don't want to say that, but, like, I think our experiences in Calgary were different, different Mm. enough, but they still affected us. Like, the out, the effective outcome was similar. Right. So, maybe? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you've been a listener of the pod, you know my experience with the University of Calgary. Right. Like, I don't think it set me up for success. I don't think it gave me the tools that I needed to be an artist outside of the university. Right. Because they did not believe in me as a dancer. Right. Um, And I guess I've never really spoken about what happened. No. (laughs) But, I mean, maybe eventually maybe eventually maybe eventually i guess i will have the uh the courage (laughs) that's french for courage (laughs) yeah um to to talk about it but i i was just wondering about like if that i also like i think about the like the term trauma bonding Mm -hmm. and i think when i think about it in like a negative sense i think it makes people feel overly comfortable with people they shouldn't feel comfortable with but i think that we have stuck it out long enough Mm -hmm. and we have had different experiences together and we work together in a non-trauma e-bondy way right (laughs) that maybe in the beginning it was like an easy way for us to connect right but i think we've moved past that totally yeah okay great cool great (laughs) is being an artist fucking killing you (laughs) um no, not, no, not, in, not right at this, I mean, not anymore. It felt like it was killing me for like a few years leading up to it. Yeah. Now it's feeling a little bit more level. It's cool. feeling a little bit more not the end all and be all. <laughs> yeah. Um, which when you have to, have to, when you're forced to take a step back from it, it, it gives you a little bit of a new perspective on it. Like we get to do this. This is amazing. And um, it eliminates the stress from your body. I think, mm-hmm. which will sit and manifest in so many crazy ways. Um, 
but again, this is, I say this today. This right. Could, if we were recording this on a Thursday, it might be different. Talk to me on a Thursday when like three of my projects have been dropped and something hasn't been happening. And everybody has COVID. You know, everybody has COVID. Um, but in this moment, no, it's, you know, I, we kind of use, I use this analogy all the time and it's your favorite, I know, Corinne. But for a long time, like it felt like I had one water wing on and I was just swimming around in circles in the middle of the ocean trying to get air and like grasping and like not going anywhere <laughs> swimming in a circle swimming in a circle drowning in a circle with one water wing on just <laughs> like trying to get air that's what it felt like yeah and it doesn't feel like now it feels a little bit more like i'm just steadily floating through and every once in a while, a big tidal wake up, and I go, what? And then it's, <laughs> fuck. Um, but it, it feels better. It feels more, it feels calm. And maybe that's coming with just, like, age. Yeah. Maybe that's coming with, like, knowing who I am more. But it's not in this, it's not killing me. Cool. Yeah. Is being an artist fucking killing you? Um, no. I would say it's not. I have, like, big moments of self-doubt. Mm -hmm. Or I don't think anything I do is good. Mm -hmm. Or I get rejected from something and I feel down in the dumps. But I think calling myself an artist is not killing me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also helpful that I call myself an artist or a creative rather than just a dancer. Mm -hmm. Totally. Because I don't remember the last time I stepped into a studio. Right. You know? And that's okay. And I'm still... A dancer, I've still danced when people, like, when I think about, like, how long I've danced, longer than I've been alive. Mm -hmm. Or almost as long as I've been alive. Right. There you go. I was like, <laughs> in the womb. Ooh. <laughs> so I was a kicker. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, almost as long as I've been alive. So it's also, like, a hard identity thing to let go of. But I think that I wouldn't want to be doing anything that doesn't have, like, a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Welcome to 150. Wow. Can only go up. Can only go up. Stay tuned for future events, future practices, and future things. All thing Gal Pals. All thing at Gal Pal Prods. Go yeah. check our website out. Go to our Instagram. Go to our Patreon if you like today's episode. We've been going for a while. Every single money Every single money, every single dollar <laughs> that you donate goes directly into the pockets of other artists in the community. Back into rentals, back into gear, back into people that we work for us. Yeah. Literally everything about the pod and not us. Yeah. Um, I would also like to say that most of our, actually all of our episodes from season four and season five are only available on our Patreon, which you can subscribe to for $1 a month, except for this episode. Yeah. Oh, the video footage is yes. all available. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Video footage is what I meant to say. Um, but this episode you'll be able to watch if you want to. And we look cute. We're all matching. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you next time.